It's June 28th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top story today, Turkish defense firm Baykar said on Monday it would donate three unmanned aerial vehicles to Ukraine after a crowdfunding campaign raised enough funds to buy several of the Bayraktar TB2 model. Baycar will not accept payments for the TB2s and will send three UAVs free of charge to the Ukrainian war front, the company said in a statement. We ask that raised funds be remitted instead to the struggling people of Ukraine, it said. Russia has previously complained to Turkey over its sale of Bayraktar TB2 armed drones to Ukraine, a high-level Turkish bureaucrat said, but added that the sales by Baycar a private company, were not state-to-state deals. Russian hacking group Killnet took responsibility Monday for a days-long distributed denial-of-service attack, or DDoS, on Lithuanian's public services, asserting the hit was a direct response to the blockade of goods imposed by Vilnius to the Russian territory of Kaliningrad. In a video message circulating online, The pro-Russian hacktivist group demanded that Lithuania allow the transit of goods to Kaliningrad, otherwise attacks would continue. EU countries imposed a fourth package of sanctions on Russia for its invasion of Ukraine that hit transport lines to and from Kaliningrad, Russian territory sandwiched between Lithuania and Poland. Lithuania's vice minister of national defense said the attack had limited success mentioning how the hacking group managed to take down web pages, but the government was able to bring back services after a short time. A Russian airstrike struck a bustling shopping mall in Kremenchuk, central Ukraine, on Monday, setting the building ablaze and prompting a search and rescue operation that continued overnight. Dmitro Lunin, the head of the Poltava Region Military Administration, said that at least 18 people were killed and at least 36 missing. At least 58 people were injured, according to Ukraine's state emergency services, while Lunin said 25 were admitted to intensive care at the local hospital. Western leaders largely condemned the attack, with the G7 vowing to continue to provide support for Ukraine for as long as it takes in a joint statement, and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen telling CNN on Monday that she would not bet on Russia winning the war. However, despite the outward confidence of Western leaders, Russia has seen military successes in eastern Ukraine in recent days, capturing Sievorodonetsk, consolidating control of a belt of territory in the south, and largely eliminating Ukrainian defenses in Luhansk. Elsewhere, Senior U.S. government officials have quietly traveled to Caracas in the latest bid to bring home detained Americans and rebuild relations with the South American oil giant as the war in Ukraine drags on, forcing the United States to recalibrate other foreign policy objectives. A U.S. State Department spokesperson described the trip as a welfare visit focused on the safety of several U.S. citizens detained in Caracas including a group of oil executives from Houston-based Sitco, jailed more than four years ago. 
It's unclear what else the officials are seeking to accomplish during the mission, but high on the list are likely to be Madero's demand that the U.S. lift crippling oil sanctions that have exacerbated hardships in what was once South America's most prosperous nation. Ethiopian authorities have named a team of seven negotiators for possible peace talks with Tigrayan forces. The announcement comes after Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed announced earlier in June the formation of a committee to handle negotiations with Tigray's ruling party, which the government declared a terrorist group last year. Tigray's leaders have not yet commented on the latest announcement by the federal authorities of the East African nation, but the region's top official said in an open letter to the international community on June 15th that his side is open to peace talks. At least 10 people were killed on Monday when a chlorine gas storage tank was dropped and leaked poisonous fumes at the Aqaba port in Jordan. Footage shown on state television showed the tank falling from a crane and hitting the deck of a ship below which resulted in a large cloud of yellow gas rising into the air. People were seen running away from the scene. An official from the Aqaba Ports Authority said that the gas leak had occurred after an iron rope holding the container broke. Britain is headed for a fresh constitutional crisis as Scotland's first minister, Nicola Sturgeon, prepares to outline plans for a second vote on Scottish independence, with or without Boris Johnson's agreement. After pro-independence parties gained a majority of seats in last year's Holyrood elections, Sturgeon argued her government now had a mandate to hold a fresh vote. In response, Johnson and UK ministers have pointed to nationalist statements from 2014 that the first referendum would be a -a once-in-a-generation event and say Sturgeon's current focus should be helping Scots with the cost-of-living crisis. Sri Lanka has suspended sales of fuel for non-essential vehicles as it faces its worst economic crisis in decades. For the next two weeks, only buses, trains, and vehicles used for medical services and transporting food will be allowed to fill up with fuel. Sri Lanka is the first country to take this drastic step in halting sales of fuel to ordinary people since the 1970s oil crisis. In lighter, or at least brighter, news, a truck carrying a load of fireworks caught fire on a busy road in New Jersey, sending fireworks shooting out of the trailer. The New Jersey Department of Transportation said the truck's trailer caught fire around 10.45 p.m. Sunday on southbound Interstate 287. Drivers were stuck behind the scene of the fire for hours, and the roadway remained partially closed for cleanup during the morning commute on Monday. No injuries were reported, and no one was charged for the free fireworks display. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at daily at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources 
And tune in to Next in Foreign Policy, where Zoe Weinberg and I talk with Izzy Ernst about the World Food Program and the fight against hunger. Later tonight, tune in to Deep State Radio to hear David Rothkoff speak with Harry Littman, Dahlia Lithwick, and Norm Ornstein about the end of Roe v. Wade and the latest January 6th hearing. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.